Okay. You there? Yeah. You can splice it from here. Um, Joey, so number five. Don't tell me how to do my show. I know how to edit my own podcast. This is Joey's you know, podcast. Hey. I guess this is Joey's podcast now. <laughs> no, I'm just the no, producer. Not, I'm just the producer now. That's what I'm saying. That was a question. Like, can't you just splice that out? No. <laughs> Yeah, not can you just splice? You said you, you literally can, came you on here and demanded it. you can splice it right here. Like and I know what it. to do. All right, everybody, welcome to Sideline Spectator Season Three, Episode Whatever It Is. Jake Smith, Austin Covington, Joey Flam, no Sam Kell, obviously taking care of a kid. All right, so what we got? We got opening takes. We got Wake Forest storming the court and John Shire throwing a fit. Cam Newton beating up a kid, a little NBA and baseball talk, and then we'll end it out on the much-anticipated top 10 players of the 2023 season. Let me preface this. There is no podcast in the history of podcasts that I would say over-promises like how I do on here and and says that, oh, so-and-so is coming on next week, so you want to tune in, and then it's just that person just doesn't doesn't show up. I, I'm the king at at saying I'm going to do something and not doing it, but, but so what we got next week, Matt Couture, he is uh, a writer for belly up sports and he's the host of raise the banner podcast. He is coming on next week. Uh, we're going to like talk about the, the dynasty. Um, he's watching that and, um, mm-hmm. and, and the Patriots and draft and what, what the Pats could or couldn't do. And next week we'll be talking about the draft because the combine is happening this week. You'll kind of hear our recap of it next week uh, once everything is all said and done. Okay, boys, opening takes. Joey, go first. I'm going to talk to you guys about Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. and what they have decided going into the draft because I don't think there's a word to describe it. We're just going to go over the scenario, and I'm going to let you guys pick out a word. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. announced that they were going to be doing like they, – they just weren't going to have an agent going into the draft. So my opening take is Lamar Jackson is changing the trajectory of the NFL and, and self-representation. Um, I do think that the more that I look at this, Caleb Williams is – he is going to be the ego of all egos going into the NFL. I can't imagine what fiasco is going to come from the Bears slash commanders. I do think he's going to try and make a move with that. But my opening take is that Lamar Jackson's changed the trajectory of it. Uh, Caleb Williams saying that. Marvin Harrison Jr. saying the same thing. Both of them skipping the draft or the combine. Uh, I'm curious to see what comes of it because, you know, Lamar Jackson, he did this self-representation thing, and now we have two huge draft prospects that we know more than likely going to go top five that are wanting to move forward. So I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were and see if you think it's going to change anything moving forward and you see these draft prospects come out and do this, or if you think this is just uh, something that's going to happen and then it's going to flop because they don't have like basically the resume that Lamar Jackson does. Self-representation started with Pat's legend, Jacoby Brissett, but you know, whatever. Lamar Jackson just, just piggybacked off of it, which is fine. Okay. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's done pretty well for himself being a career backup and making quite a bit of money, not having to pay an agent. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm joking when I say that, but I think Lamar Lamar has like an agency that um, they're not theoretically Consoles. his agents. It's it's more of an advisement thing, and Jacoby Versed mm-hmm. has the same thing. 
So I guess they, instead of getting 6%, they, I don't know, they probably get, you know, two or 3%, I guess. So, I mean, they're still like these guys still pay people to do all this stuff. Do you think Lamar Jackson is sitting there with 30 page document, the the 30 page legal document that the Ravens send over? No, no, he's not. He's not reading through all that. Like, like I wouldn't even read through all that. I don't, I don't know like what all those legal terms mean and stuff like that. Like there's no way these players are doing that. They still pay people to do it it. can players negotiate for themselves yes that's what jacoby Brissett does he he has come out he's very public with uh what he has done he Mm -hmm. hires somebody that basically what i said goes over the contract junk like that and Mm -hmm. he negotiates for himself his quote is i'm pretty sure he has said i don't want anybody bsing for me yeah i'm gonna do it so that that's how he does it so caleb williams and marvin harrison jr they're still paying people to, to do <laughs> like it. they yeah. still have a camp of 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 a legal team that are now, there now, yeah. as of, as Just of not right now they can outright. sell themselves to to the teams like they're both a top five draft pick so it's oh, like yeah. that that just is the, what it is the tape speaks for itself yeah. i just thought it was interesting because they come out they made an announcement for that and i was like okay this is the first time lamar jackson was the first time let's be honest that we had a player negotiating that was more of like a supermax player which i know that's like an nba term but still yeah. you know top yeah. four's position he gets that money i just thought it was interesting because I, it doesn't – I don't know Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. I mean, I know his, his statistics. I know all of that. But I feel like Caleb Williams has been in the spotlight much more. doesn't surprise me for him. But when I heard that Marvin Harrison Jr. was following suit, I was like, whoa, are we, are we going to see a trend here? Is this something that's going to be, like, more, more common moving forward, especially with early draft picks? And so I was like, I'm going to bring this up and see because – I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake. I mean, these guys, let's just be real. Me, you, or Joey, uh, as far as it comes to financials, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the room when it comes to that. So I, I say most of these guys aren't majoring in finance when they're in college. So <laughs> they are obviously uh, not hiring an agent, which I get. If you, I guess if you can get the representation or the uh, consultation from financial advisors like Jake is saying and paying out a lesser percent, why not do that? But uh, it, I would say, like, for Marvin Harrison Jr., his dad was an NFL player. I'm sure his dad has connections to his former agent, whatever. I, it, it makes sense for some of the top guys. But anybody mm-hmm. outside of, uh, you know, let's say the top ten, I don't understand why you're not going to use an agent when it's when it's essentially there for you to use. And right. and like Jake said, these guys are not sitting down reading these documents verbatim. They're just not. It's mm-hmm. like reading an iTunes agreement. They're not going to do it. But but the reason your agent gets paid that percentage is because either he goes over it or somebody from his staff reads over that word for word verbatim. And there's a bunch of language in there that the common person isn't going to understand. Yeah, agents. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, that that's a good point, and I know Joey would echo this. Agents are like CPAs. Like people right, think yes, people. Yes. Some people might think oh, I don't need a CPA. Yeah, right. Because right. I, I don't want to. I don't want to pay anybody a few hundred bucks to to do my taxes. And it's the same thing with the NFL. It's like no, it's worth it. Like you're getting more yeah, money yeah. by paying this person. Yeah, yeah. And, sure. and negotiation wise, you got to think that's what those guys do for a living too. You yeah. know, you're you hire those agents, and that's that's part of their job criteria. You being an athlete coming into 
I would say like coming in to negotiate a contract or something, you just don't have the experience as as per se what a professional would have to bring to the table to negotiate for things. I'm sure if this becomes a thing, the owners or the GMs or whoever's over these teams will start taking advantage of these guys because they can. That'll be another thing. So let's say these guys start coming out and neglecting an agent. Well, then I'm sure you're going to lose out on some money along the line because the owner's going to put clauses and put stuff in your contract that you're just not going to see. Yeah. Well, and I think about it too, like our generation in general and younger, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if I had to summarize it in a word, it would be self-representation, like you said. But I think it all has to do with like that entrepreneurial mindset too. It's like, okay, what can I do in this regard? What can I do by, by myself? How can I keep more money in my pocket, you know, have more ownership, do those things? And Jake, I know you will have way more insight on this than me because your background with like the sports agency and whatnot. But I just thought it was interesting. I was like, man, we might be seeing a trend. So, yeah. Cobb, opening take. What do you got? Uh, Yeah. So my opening take is really just me kind of uh, backing down on what I had formerly said about the Titans' new hire and Brian Callahan. Uh, oh, so I, I personally was of the belief it was a terrible hire. I, not that it was a terrible hire. It was a terrible decision to let go of Rabel in my perspective. So any hire for me was going to be technically a bad one, but heard the guy's interview today with PFT. Uh, sounds like just a genuine good guy came off as really likable, probably, you know, probably well liked has football background, been around it his whole life. Dad's a legend supposedly when it comes to offensive line. Um, no doubt. He seems like the new age type of young guy. That's an offensive guru that the NFL's leaning towards. So I get that. But what I, I'm not going to say it's a bad hire, but what I'm going to say is that can be all fine and dandy. Dude is a good guy, knows a lot of football. I still think the Titans will be very, very bad next year and, and maybe for the years to come. So he's get, he's in a situation where um, I'm not sure if ownership or the GM or if anybody, I don't know what type of pressure is on him because I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if they're in a full rebuild or what it is. But if there is pressure on him to win now, um, I, I don't think that he was the guy for it. But like I said, listen to his interview, listen to him talk football, how much he likes it. You're a great guy. Uh, going to kind of redact what I said about, you know, why why would you hire this nobody or whatever? That's that's not necessarily the case. But, yeah, came off as a good guy, and uh, hopefully he'll do well. I just don't see the Tennessee Titans doing very very well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll – to be honest with you, I read all kinds of things for this, tons of Twitter accounts, and – the fan base is super excited because we have now, which we've never really had a truly offensive and innovative head coach. Mm -hmm. And that excites because, you know, you have Rand that comes in. He is like top tier when it comes to the GM because he came from the 49ers. He got his guy in Callahan who has that huge pedigree of working with very successful quarterbacks his dad has that history and then of course you know we have Will Levis who showed spotlights and the thing that I tell people and which is why I didn't get super super excited about CJ Stroud this year is okay we see what you do we need to see year over year either progress or maintaining ideally year one to year two you want progress let's be honest because you've seen things the game slows down that's what I think Brian Callahan brings for Will Levis which excites me 
until the draft is done and free agency starts, my my expectations just mentally, they're in the toilet. Like seven and ten, that's great if we get there, but rebuild. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, call a spade a spade. Okay, my opening take is that I hate technology. I just I absolutely hey, hate it's the I'll it's take. the greatest invention to ever happen, but it is also the worst. So mm-hmm. Joey, you like you sent me this this uh, hookup thing where the me and Joey have new Macs, not to brag, because uh, we have money. So yeah, Joey dude, sent I me this. Mac, Joey so. sent me this thing. You also That's don't right have off. a mic. You you talk through your 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 headphones, which is yeah. Crazy. Dude, some of us are poor. Um. So yeah. I I got I bought this attachment which Joey sent me to go into Mac because stinking Mac can't make just one port for USBs. They've got to change it up every other year. One word, that way you have to keep buying product. Greedy bastards. So there's one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to buy this stupid attachment off of Amazon. Bought it. Boom. Tonight is the first episode where I am. I I, yeah. I, I know you guys can see that I'm glowing right now yeah, uh, because sure. of this this Lighting. great, great camera right light, here. It looks like. So um, I get this set up. So I just go to the... Um, to, to Safari, and I was like, I'll just log into Zoom uh, through here. I, I don't care to download the app right now. Like, I don't have time for that. So go to Safari, go to Zoom, sign in. Everything's great. I, I you know, set up the meeting, everything. I go to click start, and it's like, it would be better performance if you downloaded the the, the Zoom app. So I was like, fine, okay, two, two minutes tops probably. This is why it, it took me, a long time to log uh-huh. on here. Uh, so I was like, okay, fine, whatever you, you sold me. So I download it. This is problem number two. I download the stupid thing. Then it goes to my computer. Then I have to go to downloads in my folders. I got to double click download. I got to click the acceptance that, that I agree to, to them basically, you know, invading my privacy. And then after that, then it's like, okay, you're good. Here's the app. I click on the stupid app, Right. Like the uh, Joey knows what I'm talking about, like the icon or whatever in this little folder down here on the left hand side. I click on Uh Zoom, I type in my login, just like Safari. And then for whatever reason, it was like it would better perform if you had the latest version of Zoom, which makes zero sense. I just down, I, 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 (laughs) unless you guys just drop the new update. 30 seconds ago, I just downloaded the stupid app. And now you're telling me it's not even the most current thing. So then I have to wait two more minutes and 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 stinking uh uh click the yes, like install the new update, and then then it finally like does its thing, and I have to wait on that, and then it's like okay, reopen Zoom, and then I gotta type in my login all over again. I mean it it is it's crazy. All this tells me is that you're ready to be a dad, man. Oh, it is. It is. It is. Dude, that, that was a good rant. Just get it off your chest. It, it was crazy. Okay. Um. All right. So the dynasty episode three and four review. Now I'll, I'll like I said, just like last week, I'll give you shortened version because with Matt, I uh, plan on talking about that. Uh, episode three. W- Joey, have you watched it yet? No. Nope. Have you started? Okay. So episode three was basically the first Super Bowl against the Rams. And I, I mean, th- there wasn't really anything in episode three, to be honest with you. So let's skip to episode four. Episode four is Spygate. Ooh. So here's the first thing. 
they they just they completely skipped the greatest two seasons in NFL history. They just mm. skipped it over. They skipped over the longest win streak in NFL history between the 03 and the 04 season. Both those teams went 14 and 2 and then obviously if you add the playoff wins up it, it's high it's it's 34 and 4 I think is what it is between those mm-hmm. two seasons. Mm-hmm. They broke the NFL record for longest win streak like from oh from the like it's the last time that they lost in 03 up till you know their first loss of 04 type thing. So it was 20 a uh, 21 game win streak and they just dude they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it and guess what we won two Super Bowls during that time, they just they didn't even talk about those two seasons, which is crazy to me. I, I thought that was so stupid. It's like this is the problem that I have with people coming out with documentaries over sports teams, athletes, whatever it is, too soon. Like th- this is way too soon. Um, it, it like what made I know you guys don't like Jordan, but. The document, or sorry, autobiography, uh, in a sense, it was very well done because it, it was thinking, what, what, 20 years after he, he got done playing or whatever? Now it was all propaganda. Let, let's let's call a spade a spade. But it went yeah. over everything. It went over every single detail, whether you like the detail or not. It went over every single detail. And here's Kraft putting out a documentary like while Bill is still coaching, like you guys got to think this was probably all this is probably filmed during the 2022 season is what I would guess. And so it's like, Bill is still the coach and you're throwing shots at him and all this stuff. Obviously it's not going to come out. Like what if Bill was, what if Bill went on a run at the end of the season and rattled off like, you know, six in a row at the end of the season. And then it's like, well, we want him back as the head coach now. And then this comes out. And you see all the slandering that Kraft is doing towards it. Bill. Yeah, that, uh, do you think they would have released it though? Do you think it, this would have been released if he would have been retained? No, it, it would have. It would have because um, this they this was announced. this was an advertised like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, so you th- think it, this was coming out? You think it was? So that that's interesting to me. I wonder why. Why do you think they fixated on that on Spygate, or do you think the next episodes are going to touch on it, or did they just completely? No, all of episode it. four was Spygate and the two thousand like, and then they run ran through the two thousand seven season, but like which was the undefeated season. But it was eighty mm-hmm. percent of this episode was Spygate. Um, yeah. Now, anyways, so so like back to what I was saying is that they just come out with these documentaries way too soon. And it's like, mm-hmm. why Why did we just rush the greatest yeah. run in NFL history, like the greatest two-year run in NFL history? Why did we just yeah. gloss yeah. over that? Or how's this? How about we do, instead of 10 episodes, how about we do 12? Like, just, mm-hmm. just pay for the extra mm-hmm. week, the extra two episodes of, the, like, to cover these two teams. Yeah. Do you think that... um I know last week you you mentioned it was more propaganda or it had that feeling to it. Did you yeah. feel like the story or the way that Spygate was portrayed? Absolutely, propaganda. propaganda. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna run it through. Okay. So basically, the episode opens up. Randy Moss, you are a patriot. Mm-hmm. Literally, that that was 30 seconds, and then they're like, okay, let's talk about Spygate. Like it's just great, like one of the greatest acquisitions in NFL history. And they were like 30 seconds. Hey, Randy Moss, you're a Patriot. Okay. Next. 
which Moss Next. on it. Moss was on this episode. He was fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to get to something at the end of this, which is shocking. So uh, episode four, when they get into Spygate, it happened week one against the Jets. Uh, everybody pretty much knows this. Um, if you don't, here's a history lesson. So Ernie Adams, you guys know who he is. He's like Bill's, you know, yep. he he's this Batman. He's this guy like up in the up in the rafters, like, you know, doing all of his his analy- like analytics and like breaking down film and like, you know, just the history of the game type guy. So Ernie Adams, he opens up the Spygate talk. And he says, I got the quote right here. He immediately says, I don't want to open up on the Jets Spygate game. I will take I will take it with me to my grave. Right there, like right off the bat. He he is basically <laughs> saying, like, yeah, I was I was like the head of this because like they they kind of um I forgot who was talking. It was one of the media people was talking and they I think it was Michael Her- Michael Hurley. He, he works for um uh, uh NBC NBC Sports Boston and he was saying that that Ernie Adams, there isn't anything that goes on in that building that one Bill Belichick doesn't know about, which means Ernie Adams knows about it. And Mm -hmm. he said, this has Ernie Adams written all over it in terms of what they needed to do, how they needed to do it, all this stuff. So it's like, okay, let's just start throwing Ernie Adams under the bus, I guess. Um, But Ernie Adams is, yes, he, he is the guy behind the guy in terms of the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will take it to, with me to my grave. When he said that, I paused the TV and I was like, okay, I've got to put this in my notes because I'm watching this and I'm putting it in my phone notes. That way I can talk about it on here. I was like, oh my goodness. I can't believe he just said that. It's yeah. like, why, why not, why not do that thing where it's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to open up about it. Like, and just leave it at that. The fact that he said, I'm going to take it with me to my grave. It's like, okay, guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Like, guilty. which yeah. everybody knows that they were guilty of it, but it's like, oh my goodness. Like how bad was it type thing? Yes. Like yeah. it wasn't just that one game. You know and what I mean? Correct. If, if he, yeah. if he's like, and I think the NFL knows that I would say that Roger Goodell yeah. knows it wasn't just this Jets game. Like if Ernie Adams is saying, I'm going to take it with me to my grave. That tells me, oh my goodness, they were doing this to everybody. It wasn't yeah. just week one of the Jets in 2007. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So real, real quick, Jake. Though, didn't uh, didn't I read or, or hear that Bill said what what man, maybe this was in there? What type of you know number? What advantage percent did it give you? And he was like, that 100%. was my next thing. That was my next okay. thing. So, uh, Bill was asked. Uh, the the producer, which I think I, I I teased this because I saw a clip of it or whatever on Twitter, um, so th- this might ring a bell. But uh, the the producer asked him like, hey, like okay, so like Spygate, two thousand, like you know whatever. He said, yeah, that's in the past. I've made my comments on it. I don't have anything to add. It's like, come on, dude. Like, like let's just let's just let's just do let's this. Just like, let, let, let's just yeah. say something. I mean, my, like take some daggum accountability this is the, this is the problem with Bill Belichick. He refuses to say that like anything is his, his fault. You know what I mean? He's, he's just like, you know, I don't have anything to add to it. I've made my comments about it, which he's talking about the comments that he made in 07 about it. Because then it, then after he said that it started to uh, cut to an interview that he did with, uh, 
uh, some ESPN guy, the name's escaping me right now, but some ESPN guy, he did an interview back in 07 about it after it came out, and he made his, like, tongue-in-cheek comments, and then that was pretty much it, like, comments that didn't really say anything. Uh, so, I, I don't know. That that was just, that was lame. That was just, like, he should have said, yes, like, obviously, we we bent the rules or we didn't understand the rules exactly because there were rules in terms of you could videotape, but it's, it was in terms of like where they were doing it at type thing. Like you couldn't be on Mm -hmm. the sideline taping. You could be taping their signals and you, but you couldn't be taping on the sideline. It had to be in your, uh, you know, film box or whatever. And you couldn't go from their signals to the down and distance and time on the clock. Like you could, and that that's what they showed you snippets of, of what they were taping because it would go, all right, signals, personnel came in, and then it would be like down and distance situation type type thing, whatever. Um, so it's like, dude, we know that y'all did it, so just yeah. be like, yeah, that was stupid. But he's just like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about it. Like next, yeah. okay, so uh, Cove, yeah, what you were saying. So then it cuts to uh, Scott Paoli who was the Patriots GM during those early years. I think he he ended up going to the Chiefs in like 2009 and being their GM. But he said, which was crazy, because Eric Mangini worked under the bill with the Patriots, and he was the head coach of the Jets. Uh, this was his very first season, very first game. And Mangini tipped the NFL. I don't know if you guys remember this, but this is how really they got caught. They got caught because Mangini – tip the NFL that, hey, and their security. They had a security guy on there, like the head of security, and he tipped him off to it too. Uh, he he told him like, hey, watch out for this. Like this is what it's going to look like. And he did the same thing to NFL. He was like, they're going to be taping. Like they're going to be taping. This is what it's going to look like. So Eric Mangini is really the reason why the Patriots ever got caught. Uh, and Scott Paoli, the former GM, said – which was crazy that he said this. He said, the unspoken rule is when you leave the family, you leave the family. You honor the opportunity that was given to you and you don't make a mess. You remember how you got your first step in the door. So the second half of that comment, yes, I understand. Like you, you don't, you know, poop where you eat type thing. But the the first half of it, if you guys heard that, the unspoken rule, I, I take this as a Patriots thing. The unspoken mm, rule is yeah. when you leave the family, you leave the family. You you see what I'm saying? It's it it's sounds like, like Goodfellas. It does. It, like. it it really like does. Mob mentality. Yeah, that, mob mentality. that is crazy. To yes, that's like a Sopranos episode. That's crazy to me that he said that. The unspoken rule when you leave the family, when you leave the Patriots organization, is you leave, you honor it, and you don't make a mess. And he said that about the Mangini thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, everybody in this organization knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cove, yes. Craft, I couldn't believe it. Let me ask, how important is something like this on a scale of one to 10? Bill Belichick. Oh, okay. One, Craft, then you're a real schmuck. That's what he responded back and said, which is pretty funny. Like, schmuck, that, yeah. that's like me saying yeah. jabroni. I like saying jabroni mm-hmm. or jamoke. Uh, yeah, he called him a schmuck. Apparently he probably didn't say that to his face. He probably just like said that, you know what I mean? Like for this documentary type thing. Or he could have. So after this, this is craft being craft. Uh, he said, I protected bill, uh, in terms of like the NFL, he called the NFL 
Uh, he said that he wanted to protect Bill. He said, fine, Bill, fine us, but don't suspend him. So it's like, oh, I'm Robert Kraft. I'm I'm coming to the rescue. I got to make everybody know that that it's because of me that Bill, you know, wasn't suspended or anything like this. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, uh, the rest of it, too many media people in it. There's way too many media. There was like five different media people from Boston that that were in these two episodes. I I don't need that. You know who I want to see? I want to see Dion Branch. I want to see Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel was in episode two for a, a total of, of like talking 60 seconds probably. Oh, wow. Uh, there's no Richard Seymour to be found, and there's no Wes Welker. Who, why well, hang is, why on a is Wes Welker – not not in this thing. Wes well, Welker in 07, that was his first season with the Pats. Wes Welker caught, I think, Cove, you can look it up if you want. I'm pretty sure he caught 112 passes in his very first season with the Pats. And he was the only yeah. good offensive skill player in that Super Bowl well, against the Giants. Isn't that – but you're right. You just, you just touched on the reason for that. I mean, that's the Patriot way. Like, I mean, I know I'm a Titans fan, and I think that's so lame. Whatever. But it's like, no, dude, no reason. There's a reason why players aren't hopping on to talk about this. Like, if if that's the if that's the culture and the mentality, Rabel is like that dude's gonna. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. he's he's gonna retire Patriot. He's probably gonna be on the longer list of Patriots that are retired. If that's even a thing, I don't even know if that's a thing for you guys or not. But you know, players aren't gonna hop on there and do that if it is truly the Patriot way to. You know, like you said, when you leave, don't make a mess. This is what we do. Like, I could see that. Like, I, but that, I, I think that's that the thing. So, it. like, if you watch this, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's craft. I here's what I think it is. Now that mm-hmm. you say that, Joey, that 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 brought mm-hmm. a thought in my mind. All these guys that they've got on here mm-hmm. are guys that left the team on good terms. Mm-hmm. That 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 are buddy uh-huh. buddy with crap. You got a the, lot of Teddy Bruschi. You got a lot of Teddy Bruschi, who uh-huh. was a brown noser for Robert Kraft. You've uh-huh. got Brady, which I need to talk about in a second. Uh uh-huh. Bill, obviously, this is a slander piece against Bill. Uh, you had yeah. Ernie Adams in this a lot. Um, but like Seymour, like I said, uh-huh. there's no Seymour. Seymour got traded away from the Pats. Um, uh-huh. because he <laughs> he this is history lesson for you guys but like Richard Seymour had somebody either a friend or family member that died he missed like two practices didn't suit up for a game and then Bill traded him away in the offseason or something like that like Mm -hmm. I I don't know exactly what happened but it's something like that Wes Welker did not leave on good terms in New England yeah they Mm -hmm. offered him a contract in the offseason of 2013 like the summer or spring of 2013 and um the Pats offered him a contract. Welker like was like, Hey, I've got this offer from the Broncos. Will mm-hmm. you will you match it? If you match it, I'll I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently Maybe. Bill didn't even call Welker back. Like oh, well. Welker has said that he just saw like on ESPN that Danny Amendola got a five year, thirty six million dollar contract or something. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, wow. okay, that's how it's gonna be. So like Eesh. I guess it's just guys that are Patriot Brown nosers, I guess. And, and, and you know, to be honest, the more that we talk about it, and that's the reason why I kind of want to wait till it all comes out. So I, when I can watch, but I like having these conversations with you because it's like, okay, I 
wasn't as invested during that time and even afterwards. So hearing this and what you're telling me, like now when I watch it, I'll be able to go back because the more I hear, it sounds a lot like the last dance, like the things that come out about the last dance with Jordan. And then, like you said, almost like a propaganda piece to prop him up. So like, obviously I'm going to watch it like we've talked about, but I like this aspect of it because I wasn't invested in it. Like I knew they were balling, they were doing all the things, but it's really cool to hear. Yeah. Uh, Brady wasn't even in the two, wasn't even in the 2007. Well, wasn't even, wasn't even in the stupid episode. <laughs> like, what, what are oh, we wow. talking? The great, yeah. like, I think that 2007, not like all buys aside, I think that 2007 season, like, yes, Peyton Manning threw for 55 touchdowns, mm-hmm, uh, in mm-hmm. 2013 and, and 5,500 yards. Um, but like, in terms of, of, I'm pretty sure he threw like 12 picks or something like that. Dude, Brady, had the most like efficient season throwing for 50 touchdowns only through seven picks and threw for 4,800 yards yeah. uh, in route to an uh, undefeated season up until the Super Bowl. Like that, that to me, 07 is the greatest quarterback season to ever live. And he wasn't even in the stupid episode. I don't, I do not get that. I yeah. truly don't. Um, yeah. I mean, Bill Parcells was in it for a second and, Bill Parcells keeps he keeps getting shafted. Him and Kraft hate each other. Like they really do. They cannot stand each other. It is it it's pretty wild. Um, not worth to talk about though. But okay, Duke and Wake Forest. Should storming the court, should storming the court cuff, should storming the court be banned? Should it be illegal? Should you get thrown in prison? Alcatraz. No, no. Let me just let me just start here. This is very simple. The only time that it is acceptable for a court storming is when you beat the number one team in the country. In my opinion, if if you're not beating the number I disagree. one, ranked, wildly disagree. I, wildly same, disagree. Same. Let's, hear it. Let's that, hear it. Let's hear it. That, that's fine. Y'all can disagree. That's your opinion. What I'm telling you is, I understand. Why kid? I was in college, you know. I, I I get the excitement of it. I get it, but realistically, I, I just don't understand the. It, it's become too commonplace. So now you we have to revert it back to where it's something that's special, sacred. something that's like yeah. yeah, like sacred would be the word. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, Wake Forest was favored. Favored. Wake Forest is favored. Oh And here's dude. the other thing. Here's my other thing. Duke, hate him. Lifelong North Carolina fan, Duke, hate him. But I will Amen. say this. Big MJ guys. But, yeah. No doubt. B- because Duke is Duke now, it's given all these teams in the ACC, which is normal. This is their conference play. They play these guys twice a year. It's becoming normal that now that a bottom feeder team in the ACC beats a Duke, beats a North Carolina that's highly ranked during the season, they storm the floor like they've never freaking been there before. I mean, like I said, one, one, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that it should only really be for special occasions. Beating the number one team in the country, whether on the road or at home, either way, you're a fan storming the court. Going, I, I guess I, I, I'll I'll say this. I guess it would be understandable when you make it to the final four, when you win your elite eight game, and, and then your and then your last two games of the final four. I guess 
I guess that's okay for your fans to storm the court. But other than that, what are we doing? It's just a basketball game. I mean, Syracuse can't storm the court when they beat, uh, let's just say, UCLA or something. When UCLA's ranked number two in the country, you're storming the court because you beat them. You know, okay, who who cares? Act like you've been there before. It's my thing. But go ahead. Y'all obviously wildly disagree and just think it's uh, it's, it's just – it's happenstance just to go ahead and and rush the floor after a mediocre win. So this, my thoughts are on it because I was watching the game. Uh, I did see that Wake Forest was favored, which I loved because as North Carolina fans, we needed Carolina to win that day, and they did, and Wake Forest to beat Duke, and they Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. To me, I think what makes college football, which has lost – quite a bit of this but in college basketball in predict in particular what makes it is tradition and storming the court is a big thing so i i agree that it should be something that is more sacred to those big games to those big moments if you're a smaller school and you beat a top three top five okay cool my thing is is i think it's going to be very hard to do i don't think that they're going to take it away but i do think it is something I do think it is something where they could probably let the players get off the court. Like, let's be honest. Like, if you're going to do it, it takes no time. If you just got beat and you are a Duke in that situation or you're a top three team, you're trying to get off of that court anyway. How long is Mm -hmm. it truly going to take? It's going to take you maybe 30 seconds because you're mad. You're trying to get back. You want this to end as fast as possible, and you know they're coming. So, to me, I'm like, okay – I do think they should get off the court because, you know, the same thing happened to Caitlin Clark. It happened to uh, – Yeah, and and let me say, let me say, on both of these, if you look from a different angle, it's very suspicious on that that Caitlin Clark and and Filipowski got got hurt. I mean, Filipowski is – Caitlin Clark's was very blatant. Like, she was was seeking out some some trouble type thing. And and Filipowski is whatever his name is. Yeah, Phil yeah, Filipowski's a giant compared yeah. to the average person. So I get him I get him thinking that they're coming after him and going after him. But if you watch it, he he extends to initiate contact at yeah. first, which I get is his right. He is being rushed. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying if it's him, you've got to know time and situation and make a beeline off the floor, which I guess is what exactly. he was doing. But but he really wasn't at the same time. He was right. moseying towards the sideline. I don't think he moved fast enough to get off the floor. It sucks that he got hurt. Yeah. I, I mean, that sucks. But what I'm saying is if you look at both of those from a different angle, I, I genuinely don't think any of the college students rushing the floor were trying to intentionally hurt either one of them. I don't – they're – I mean, you let's be think, honest. Dude, they're probably <laughs> – I mean, you just won. Your your energy's up. You're hype. You're trying to get out there. You're trying to celebrate. Like yeah. those kids aren't coordinated. Jesus Christ, half of them are probably drunk. So let's be right, honest. Yeah. You know, they're probably yeah, they're not out of control out anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it is something where I think get let the players get off the court. Like you're going to celebrate. You're going to do all the things. But, but yeah, you got to let it happen, man. That's tradition. And I I hate dude God with a passion. I I. Hated him more when Coach K was there. Me and you yeah. relate to this to the same level, but dude, I hate, I cannot stand Duke. And no, so when I saw the headline, I was like, okay, but I was let like, me, this, I'm not upset, but dang, that yeah, let, let me say this, and, and this can't, 
I understand where Shire's coming from and like where Duke would be coming from. You can't rush the floor on a Monday night in ACC play because because your lesser ACC team be, just happened to beat Duke at home. Like right. what's going to happen then is uh, Syracuse, uh, Notre Dame, you know, Wake Forest, Florida Virginia State, Tech, when they're down, Virginia. Virginia Tech. Are we just going to rush the floor when we beat Duke every year? Like yeah. who's like Duke's not even in my opinion a top five team in the country right now. Why are we rushing the floor when we beat a conference opponent who we're favored by? It's just getting a little out of hand. So I got three points. So one, Cub. The reason why I disagree with uh, only a number one, like uh, whatever you said. So I, I I I wildly disagree with that. So so if if UT is what ranked fifth right now, yeah, fourth, fifth, fifth, something yeah. like that. If they play Tennessee Tech, I fully expect Tennessee Tech to storm the court immediately if they beat Tennessee. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can mm-hmm. limit it to mm-hmm. it has to be the number one team in the country. Like, if it is a huge upset like that, like, okay, even, like even, App even, State, Michigan. Yeah. App State, Michigan. Yes. In football. Yes. Yeah. 2007, yes. Rich Rodriguez. Yes. yes. Same thing. Um, uh, uh, Virginia, when they lost to 16 seed, whatever, uh, I can't even, wow, I can't remember yeah, uh, warranted. they lost to. That's crazy. Yeah, warranted. It's warranted right there. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, But but you, you got to see where I'm coming from. I'm not just necessarily saying the number one team in the country, but, all right, all right, let's do the second. No, I get it. Wake, let, Forest let, was, Wake Forest was favored for whatever reason against a ninth-ranked yeah. Duke. I, I So they were could, favored could we, because they had won, I believe it was 14 games in a row at home. So that was the reason why. They were on a huge home game win streak, win and that's streak, where it came yeah. from. And, and Man, then, like, ooh, here's the other thing. Watch so, out for them in the in March Madness. So real quick, guys, and correct me here if I'm wrong, what, what is Tennessee Tech, for example? Are they D2? Division no, one double A. They're division one. Division one double A. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm telling you here it's okay for a team for a college of, of below a standard division one if they upset a highly ranked team. I get that. But let's say it, when you're in conference play, when you're in conference play during the middle of the season and throughout the, the end of the season, you shouldn't be rushing the floor. Your team shouldn't be rushing to the floor. If you're in conference play and you're playing these guys multiple times, a, a, a huge upset I get. If it's a non-conference opponent coming in or you going there and you beating them, yeah, cool, you can storm the court. But if you're in a conference conference game during the week, Monday night, like get out of here. There's no need to storm the court for, for beating Duke every time. Understand. Uh, two, it'll change. I promise you guys it'll change because, yeah. Joey, exactly what you said – Coach K, hate Coach K, all this stuff. Anytime Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils would complain about something, the rules change. Something changes. Yep. John Shire threw a fit, went on a seven mm-hmm. minute and twenty seven minutes, 23 second rant, I think is what it was. Yep. yep. In his post-game press conference about how it's unacceptable and all this stuff. Guarantee you there's going to be much more security at these games that have potential yep. upset alert. And it it's they're not going to be able to do it anymore. That's exactly what's going to happen. We are not going to see store corn or uh, uh, court storming anymore. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just not going to happen. We're probably going to see it because like, like Joey said, these kids are drunk. They're going to find a way to get on there. It's going to be much more difficult to do. 
Uh, yeah. Third thing, Joey, I disagree. You can't let these players clear the floor. I think that is such – when that buzzer sounds, dude, that is such an in instant reaction in the moment. That okay. That's like – I would think that it's a feel type thing, and yeah. if you give them – okay, uh, like you hold throw it up on the Jumbotron. Hey, everybody, hold on. Hold your <laughs> yeah. excitement for 30 seconds. I see that. Let these I, players okay. get off the floor. Oh. And then, that, it's the player's like, job it's to lost. get off the floor. It's yeah, lost. Well, that's, it's it's luster. Well, and that's what I that's what I was. So I probably should have clarified that is is the players making an effort too? Because, like you said, I, or I hear you, Jake. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I agree. It is in the moment. It is, and accept it, and either and either just trot back to the the bench like mm-hmm. uh, Filipowski did, or. Yep. Um, you know, I, I guess make an exerted effort to get off of the floor when you know that's about to happen. Yeah. Um, fourth, fourth, yeah, point. yeah. I mean, I'll do an additional point. Fourth point, you can't let them clear the court because that's the great thing about it. The great thing about it is those up close yep. camera shots yeah. while students are flying by, yep. fans are yep. flying yep. by. I the, lo- the losing opponents, like in the yep. look of the losing opponent's face, that's the Best. That's the best yeah. reaction of it. That's front page stuff. No, yes. I okay. I've I stand corrected. You're right because it like it's it, it's in the moment thing. Yeah, and that's again it's tradition. And they I hope to God they don't get rid of that. Speaking of in the moment things, Cam Newton was so in the moment at his camp. I don't know what Sweet. this dude's deal is. A he fights at every boys. single camp that he's ever hosted. <laughs> It is it is crazy. I, I don't know, like I don't think any details have like really come. We're recording on Tuesday night, so like I don't think real details have come out about it, like what exactly transpired. But I mean, holy smokes. Like I mean, but Cam Newton and this dude are idiots. This dude is probably looking for like a lawsuit type thing. Like, I want Cam Newton, I want him to hit me so I can sue him type thing. But well, Cam Newton dude, also losing his cool again him. at his at his own camp is insane. What? Yeah. Well, I just want to know what goes through a man's mind for a guy who was one of the most mobile quarterbacks, largest quarterbacks as far as winner, national title winner. Used to taking, I mean, standing in the pocket and taking blindside hits. And what makes you think you're going to walk up and hit this man and yeah. make a good effort to where it's going to make a difference? Because yeah. after yeah. that, he manhandled every one of them. And yeah. good oh, for yeah. him. Yeah, there, there was like yeah. five dudes on him, and Cam Newton yeah. was just like stinking yeah. Brock Lesnar. This is just a Sunday in Auburn or a Saturday in Auburn, man. This is not yeah. get out yeah. of here. Yeah, but, he's so I've well, what I was going to say, I, the only things I have heard, I guess that that are coming out is that the guy who obviously is the victim in this, who I guess got assaulted by Cam Newton, him and his brother, are stating that. Cam Newton, Cam Newton was the one that initiated the contact to the guy because he he I guess didn't like Cam Newton trash talking during seven on seven, so he went to be Heck Billy yeah. Badass to say something to him, Heck and and then I think the altercation. What they're saying is, which who knows, but they're saying that Cam Newton initiated the contact as far as like either pushing him off or yeah, grabbing him. Yeah, or something. yeah. I, I I mean, Cub, like yeah. like I. Both things that I said, like both things can be true. One, Cam Newton can't lose his cool. Two, yep. these dudes that are like trying to pick this fight and and a money grab, 
also stupid. Yeah. Like both yeah. these, yeah, no, no, both no, of no. these yeah, parties yeah, yeah. are wrong. And 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 yeah, Cam Newton like trash talking. That's seven Cam on seven Newton. Kid, kids on, on their seven on seven passing like on your own camp. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. dude Cam yeah. Newton notoriously was a shit talker. Notoriously, yes, but it's your yeah, Joey. But but it's your it's your camp. No, no, no I know that. But what when you are coaching and you're in the moment, what do they expect? Every, Every Sunday, we watched him step into the end zone, do a Superman thing, dabs. Sorry, I just dabbed. He did it every Sunday. Every time he scored a touchdown, what do they expect from this guy? Come on now. Come on. But what about – did y'all watch the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 15 it. times. I, I, I had. What? I had what about his hat? Yeah, it did move. Dude, he's he a fashion icon. Dude, he's all that about hat? fashion now. No, no, Cup, his, his hat did not fly off. That not entire move. altercation. Did not, okay, and I it. don't know what company it is, but my God, dude, they need to make dude, a commercial. I bet he had like a rubber band strap, a rubber band chin strap, like they do, keeping yeah. it all that hair he it. has, yeah. man. It's crazy. All that right, that was wild. Um, okay, uh, really, really quick because we're going long. Uh, Cove, okay. your about your uh, baseball, baseball thing, go. Yeah, my real quick, my only thing is that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the MLB came out with their fanatics uniforms mm-hmm. and they're basically see-through. You can see all the guys, junk, you know, Hot. yeah, I'm, I'm sure the women are loving it. All the baseball players got their, yeah. Yeah. Got their, got their, you know, nuts hanging down in their fanatics pants, which is cool, I guess. Um, but dude, come on. Like who's approving this? Like who looks at a tucked in, like who looks at somebody who's like, even if you put it on like a model figure before <laughs> the year, and you see, oh, we can see dude's shirt hanging down. Those pants are see-through. Hey, right, how about right. hey Jim? How like about you I can put see this dude's camel Let's toe. Try yeah. Let's yeah. increase that so, thread count, bro. Yeah. So this guy over here is putting on these pants, and you know he's like, oh, they feel good, but oh wait, you can see my nuts. So nobody ever said anything about that. So I just think it's one. All right, one, it's just neglect on fanatics' part, I think, and then two. Like, the players should just not wear them. Like, if you have a problem with them, do it as a protest and don't wear the damn things. Take a knee. Because then they'll have to change them. Do what? Take a knee. Take a knee, dude. Go out there in your uniform that's see-through and take a knee uh, is is what you should do. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they feel good. I'm sure the – you know, material. Colin cool, Kaepernick but... should be the spokesperson. Yeah, they he should. <laughs> they should call Colin Kaepernick's PR team for this. But dude, basically, if you're not wearing a cup, people are gonna know. You know what I'm saying? If you're not wearing a yeah. cup this year, they're they're gonna know. So yeah, I just think the another shitty thing the MLB's done the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Joey, baseball or uh, basketball? Doc Rivers has no accountability, according to Jay. Never Rabbit. has. Never yeah. has. He, I mean, even uh, I thought it was interesting when you listen to it. JJ Reddick, I like, I like when JJ Reddick goes on a rant, man. Yeah, me I've, too. I agree. I'm I a fan of his analysis and when he goes, <laughs> Cuff, I, like, Cuff I likes him because he he sucks LeBron. No, dude, I like Cuff, J- dude. JJ dookie. went to Duke. I have no reason yep. to really like him. Oh, I, I love. Oh, JJ Reddick, he's in my top ten best college basketball players. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. easily. Easily. But yeah, just the fiasco with that. And then Austin Rivers coming in and his little debacle. Draymond Green had to do his thing too. I just, I thought Pat it was Bev interesting. Trap too. Yeah. If, there's yeah. been multiple people, but I think it's tough because he's coming in in the middle of the season. 
it's it's just I, tough. I, I mean and I mean from, from of... somebody that has seen a lot of Doc Rivers, um, I mean, he is he is full of excuses. Oh, Any mm-hmm. excuse he can grab, he's grabbing it. Dude, it's he started it's making it's an excuse before they ever before he ever coached a game for the Bucks because he came out and mm-hmm. talked about how he told them this wasn't a good idea to fire your coach during the middle of the year and have a replacement step in, knowing damn well he was the replacement they were talking to who was going to step into the team. So he had a built-in excuse, I believe, from the day he was hired until whatever happens because he's saying he was put in a bad situation. But you can't go from being the number two team in a conference to being at one point, I think like four and four and 10 or something like, dude, like this is on you doc, figure it out. You got two all-stars figure it out. Come playoff time. You've got some time to get things together. You, you need to hang on to try to be a top four seed to get home court advantage. But the big thing is doc, what my advice is don't get a three, one lead, homie is all I know. Don't get a 3-1 yeah. lead. Do anything but get no a 3-1 lead, and you're probably okay. Yep. All right. Uh, Cody Bellinger, also, uh, three years, $80 million to the Cubs. Sick. Yeah. What shout a out. Shout out, Cubs. Great great deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. a deal. I, I would have thought Bellinger, maybe he only wanted three three years. That way he can and go to market again, like probably yes. two more yep. times, honestly. Second and yeah. third year both have opt-outs. Player opt player opt outs. Oh, that's mm-hmm. gr- oh okay. yeah, he's gone. Great. Uh, okay, never mind. Great deal. That's for why you need Bellinger. an agent. Yep. I yeah. bet Bellinger he has don't. an agent. No, no, no. I think no. He uh, does. That's great for Bellinger. Yeah, because if he has another year like he just had this past year, yep. then he's going to get his seven yep. year, you he's know, two hundred eighty yep. million dollar deal. Dude, yeah. baseball yep. money is crazy. Great. God, great, great idea. Two opt outs after this first yes. year player opt. Yep. Great job. Great job by that agent. Okay, top 10 players from 2023 to end it out. We're going to go from 10 to 1. Uh, Joseph, you're up first. Who's number 10? All right, so I'm going to preface this by saying I had a really tough time doing this. I think we all did. Yeah, we all did. It all. But I'm going to start at number 10 with Micah Parsons. Um, controversial player this year, balled out. We all know that. Great player. I actually really like his podcast. I know sometimes when you have a player, especially if they're young. I think he's like, I like the. Let me finish. Let me finish. What a loser. I like that he gives us insight to things week by week. I just, I appreciate that. And it doesn't mean I have to listen to everything he says. Um, But yeah, I put Michael Parsons number 10. Um, I thought he had a good season. I thought that defense, that's just. That's what they did. I actually have another Dallas defender on here as well for later on. So, uh, went with number 10, Michael Parsons. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Uh, Michael Parsons was number 10 for me. Uh, well, I'm going to – Michael Parsons was number 11 for me. So, I'll give you all number 10. My number 10 was Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Hey, By yeah. the way, listeners, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I roasted some of the, some of the people that Cove had on pre-show, so I'm sure he's changed his list around. But it not is not one wild bit. Li- it was a wild list. Not one bit. All right. Uh. Well, I'll I'll snake that. My number nine was Nick Bosa. Okay. Cove, who was your number nine? Uh, Miles Garrett. Mm, okay, Joey, who was your number nine? I went with Miles Garrett at nine. Okay, so I won Miles Garrett at eight. Oh, okay. But Nick Bosa, uh, Nick Bosa was 
very, very good this year. Uh, was terrible, yes, Cub. Terrible in the second half of the Super Bowl. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But in terms of the season the that he had, I mean, dude, that yeah. dude is a guaranteed, I'm getting 17 sacks every single year. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, it's crazy the genes that run through that family. God, it's in the lot, same way. It's like, how do you keep making? Because it's, I love watching him play, even though Super Bowl, another story. We talked about that last week, but yeah. So uh, me and Joey had had Micah Parsons at ten. Joey had Garrett at nine. Um, I had Garrett at nine too. You had Garrett at nine. Uh, Cove had Bosa at ten. Number eight. I'll start it off because it's who y'all just said. Uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett at number eight for me. Okay, I had my eight was Amon Ross St. Brown from the uh, Detroit Lions. That pick sucks. He was on your list, wasn't he, Joey? He is. He's early. Okay, I have there him you higher. go. I have him higher. That sucks. With eight, I actually went, I know, I know, but it's because I like the dude and whatever. So, at my eight, I put C.D. Lamb. Um, oh, my gosh. I know. What are we doing here? Listen, dude, I said Jake, I had a tough time, dude. and here no, we are. Let's just keep C.D. Lamb, look at the statistics this year. Did you Come guys on only now. watch primetime games this year? Yeah, pretty much, are dude. We don't me? care about your you centers and, and left tackles. Joey, you're going to have three You're gonna have three Dallas Cowboy players on your on your thing. No. Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, Put yeah, on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. Get out Joey of Joey watched man. Thanksgiving football, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> All yeah. right, so you just did eight, right, Joey? Yeah. I'll do number, my number seven as the rookie, Puka Nakua. Look off your list. Your list sucks. Your, your list is so bad. <laughs> See, what's your number seven? Joey, you go. You, you, well, no, what were you, you about go. to say, Joey? Look, no, no, what were you to... about to rebuttal? What were you about to rebuttal? I had Puka higher. Goodness gracious, y'all. Well, I, mean, I mean, yes, yes, Puka, Puka was, was great this year. He was. The best – the best yeah. rookie wide receiver season. Yeah, which it, at least in, at least in our seasons. at least Literally. in our lifetime. That doesn't make him a top ten player. Okay, does on my six, list. Okay, 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 okay. It okay, does so, so, so do, top ten year. Just because Justin Herbert in twenty twenty had statistically the best rookie we're quarterback not, season. We're, we're not talking QB. Would you we're put Justin Herbert? As a top 10 player in the NFL that year, would you put CJ Stroud as a top 10 player in the NFL this year just because he had the uh, the second best rookie quarterback season of all time? No, I don't know, does, dude. I don't care Maybe. if they're rookies or not. I think he would have been in my top 10. That doesn't make him a top 10 player. Go with your number seven. Let's hear number who you seven. got. Penaisal. Penaisal. freaking soul. Who gives a damn, Jake? Who Penaisal was so stinking good. I know you guys don't watch in-depth football, and you guys only like to see the the, He's the, a the cool skill player players and stuff. But but I like. Can you even spell his name? Did you have to Google it? I do. Do you really want to? No, I didn't Google it. Do you really want to know how I spelled his name? Is, yes. is anybody going to please ride. check me on this? Please let it ride. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to type I, in if I Google searched it. So P E N E. Which is probably wrong. I probably already got that wrong. And then S E W E L L. Cov, I, I'm. I say his name again. I'll spell it. Panay Read a book. My number seven. Um, hold on, hold on. I want to see if this is right. Cov, dude. I, Cov doesn't even know how to. T- I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on, dude. 
All right, P-E-N-E-I-Penay, and then S-E-W-E-L-L. Oh, okay. I got one letter wrong. I got one letter. That is fantastic. That's a win for me. Dude, yeah, dude, I that, dude's, wait. that dude's 100% top 10 in the NFL this year. I can't yes. wait for next year's top 100 to come out and him to make, like, number 97. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so with quarterbacks, with quarterbacks, he's going to be 20 to 25. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be 20 to 25. In this, in the, let's, in the top one, I didn't put him on the list. Market right now. Somebody market. Somebody market right now. He's going right to be now. twenty to twenty-five. All right, yeah. clip it. Market. All right, so uh, Joey, you're number seven. I can't wait for y'all to say something. I went with Trent Williams um, because Ooh. of because of a player I have earlier, and I had a tough time putting him any higher than that. But I went with him just because of the player that McCaffrey had. So obviously, we'll get to that later. Cub seven. Uh, I had seven. I'm going to six now. Oh, uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. He's yeah, got that's seven. fine. That's fine. Uh, go, Joey, Joey, yeah, Trent Williams. Love Trent Williams. Jo- uh, mm-hmm. Cub, go. So. Already, uh, CD Lamb. I had him. That's number six. That is, that is wildly. Hey, we, me, and you just swapped Amon Ra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I so Amon Ra is six for you. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who you got, dude? Buffalo. Who I put five. safety. Dude. Yeah, he is. I got bro. Matthew he Slater, is. dog. Oh, Matthew Slater. Man. I gotta look him up. I didn't even know he was the NFL. <laughs> That's player. the Patriots special teamer. Cub, chill out. I'm just playing. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Gracious. Learn your football. <laughs> Who's your number six? Who, Joey was about to say something. What, what were you saying, Joey? No, I just I said that. uh me and Cubs swapped CD and Amon Ra. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, Max Crosby. I said something about having Max Crosby, and you looked at me like I was a fool. I was, probably looking, I was probably looking up something on, on the internet. Uh, okay. Yeah, I probably, right. I probably yeah. looked, okay. looked something weird. Oh, no, yeah, Max, so Crosby, Max, Max Crosby was, was sinking lights out. Lights okay, out. I, will I, tell I would you. put him. Right. I would put money on him to uh, win Defensive Player of the Year like this upcoming season, like yeah. for the twenty. All right, and he had injuries, and he had yeah. injuries, yeah, and he played. Like, yes, he played that's through so all. Of it. All right, all right, yeah. then. And okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, Sorry. so we got top five. I can't wait to hear you, Jabroni's top five list. Oh, it's well. I'm going to preface this by saying I have a tough time with. When I think of these lists and whatnot, I have a tough time with defenders unless they absolutely just blow my mind week after week, okay? So, for number five, I did put Puka. And I know y'all are going to say things, but I thought – I mean, I mean, I mean, Joey, I, I mean, in, in my – I can't remember what, what you had for your six through ten. I only have one offensive player in my six through ten. Wow. Yeah. I, va- so I had. I, I mean, yeah. So I like what you were six. saying. I, I value the defensive play. Like if defensive yeah, players and are lights out in an era where it's so offensive, offensive heavy, and you still have a defensive player that can dominate, that's a top ten player. All right for for my five, then I'm going to sub out who I had, and and sub in Max Crosby. I got him at five. All right, okay. so Cub, you've got Max Crosby at five. five. So this, yep. this this top five list, uh, Joey, who is your number five? Number five, I had Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua sucks about as much as your audio <laughs> sounds right now. 
Uh, to Puka Nakua, if you want to have him in your top 10, that's, I guess that's your own, uh, you know, prerogative or whatever. But to, to have him in the top five <laughs> players in the NFL this season is insane. That is, that is so wild to me. That is crazy. My number five, which is the correct number five. I just want everybody to know Joey and Cubs list, wrong list, <laughs> my list, correct <laughs> list. Uh, Number five, Joey, you had him way too low. Trent Williams. Trent Williams, number five. He is top five bro, every single year. He it, that's way <laughs> too low. Uh he is he is a top five player every single year. That's all I have to say about that. Uh number four, Joey. Who's you who you got for four? So at number four went defense again. I went with Deron Bland. Okay, so you think so let, let's break this down. You think that Bland is better than Micah Parsons? No. Micah Par you think you think CD Lamb season, is better than Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons season, is the best player on the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't have the best season returned for touchdown, most pick sixes mm -hmm. in That's NFL funny. history. Look at his yes. statistics, his coverage yeah. percentage, mm -hmm. everything. Yep. He had a fantastic. They're a big zone team. Yes, I, I understand Doesn't matter. That. Zone, he, it is very easy. He plays safety, one. Two, yeah. they play zone. Very easy to get interceptions when you play safety and you play zone. Okay. Then explain me, to me how he ended up with the most pick so, 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 so let, let, let me ask you this. Let, what did I just say? So let me ask oh, I know you this. That, but explain what, to let me, me ask how you this. That Do you think relevant? It is like how that is it statistically it and is, historically He's, relevant? No, good stats. Yes, good. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so, so okay, sorry, sorry. So what I'm saying, good stats, great stats, awesome stats to have on your Wikipedia page. That's sick. Now you have to take it in context. Oh, That's bought that in my up. opinion. And Joe, I'm not, I'm not like, when I say this, I'm not trying to crap on your pick. That's no. box score watching in my opinion, because no. when you, when you, when you know what the safety position is and when yes. you play zone 99.9% .9 of the times, and you have a front four plus Micah Parsons that blitzes a lot, that forces a mm -hmm. lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. You obviously get the benefit of that. Let's and fault him for being in, in the right spot at the right time. Let's exactly. fault him for being. Let's fault him for doing his job to the best of his ability. So exactly. you guys and think I'm like, you guys what? think that he is better than Micah Parsons? That is, I genuinely not do. True. You guys Didn't think, even know the dude until this think, year. I think he's better than Micah. You guys think he is the best safety in the NFL? Because I'm going to guess that you guys do not have another safety on your list. You no, and then that means he's there. the best safety in the NFL. You, you think that he's the safety? Us. You think he's the best safety in the NFL? Who's better? Give me the better safety, Jake. Name him. Who had a better hey. year than Deron Bland? Hey, and that's my point is Jesse Bates. Jordan Freaking Deion Sanders. Jordan Poyer. <laughs> Taylor Mays from USC. He set an NFL record. Derwin James. Mika Elm Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick. We you guys think that somebody named Bland is better than Fitzpatrick. <laughs> dude, uh, dude, I'm looking up the historical statistics. His name's not on it, bro. 
I see Deron Bland at the top because we're drafting Micah Hyde. top Micah Hyde players. Also very good. Top Justin Simmons, of Denver Broncos. Season. Justin Simmons was very good. Did he? Overrated. Did he return as many touchdowns? All those guys. All those guys. Bland. All those guys. I don't care. Look at the context. We do. We Look do at care. the context. You just told us to make a okay, list okay, okay, of okay, the okay. top players of this season. So, so what about what about what about uh, Diggs? What's his What's his first name? What was Stefan? No, no, you Jabroni, the other one. Trayvon. 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 Trayvon Diggs did the exact same thing last year. True or false, did the exact same thing. Got a bunch of pick sixes yep. and all yep. this stuff, yep. but nobody said he was but the he best corner the in the league. He didn't break because, the record. Okay, that's did. fantastic. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of pick sixes. Nobody mm-hmm. said he was the best corner in the league because you got to take it no, in they context. Did. Nobody, they nobody did. said nobody. What? They did. Own, they did. They did. We don't did. believe he was, but Who? they did. They did but claim they did. him. Rob Parker. Rob Parker, the <laughs> idiot, probably said that. Goodness All right, Christ. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna give you the, my four. This is great and, podcasting. This is great podcast. This is great. I, I'm gonna go ahead and give you four through one, just to tell you what the correct four through one should be. No, no, no. Simple. You're not. No, you're not. I have Deron to give my number four now. for him. Okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I'll move to four then. It's pretty simple. Chris Jones at four. Okay. That's fine. Too low. Yeah, that's, that's oh, good, now, now it's fine. Good, okay. That's a, that's a good that, – that is too low. Joey's right. That's too low. But – Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a top five player. Number four for me, Tyreek Hill. So, there's that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it through one. I can't what? wait. Dude, I – You got – What's your you four, had- Joe? Wait, are you saying you what are you saying, Joey? Are you saying Tyreek is too low? He's higher. I'm saying Tyreek should be higher in my yeah, opinion I agree. for this season. As yeah. in a top Me three for this season. Yeah. As in as top in, three. As in top three. Oh, okay. Well, I have him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you want? High. What do you want me to say? Why why would y'all crap on that? Like he's a who, top five. I want to know who you have in the NFL outside of quarterbacks that were were better, and I can't okay. wait. Yeah. Then Tyreek Hill moving forward. Yeah, okay. I can't wait. So I'll do yeah, my well, number three. I'm going to give it Chris to you. Jones. That's what we're doing. I know. Here. I have Chris Jones at three. Wait, who's so your one four? Above. Who's your four? Deron Blake. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that I, was, okay. I started it. Cove, what was your – wait, what was your four? Your four was Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Okay, mm-hmm. so Cove, what's your three? TJ Watt. Too low. Way too low. Oh. <laughs> okay. Got That's what there, she though. just did to me. That's what she just did to me. That is too low for TJ Watt. Uh but this is the correct top three right here. Oh, dear God. Chris Jones wow. is number three. Okay. Chris Jones was better than Tyreek Hill this year. It's all relative. Okay. Yeah. It's all relative. Joey. I agree. Three. Wait, or wait, what Chris are you Jones. on? Chris Jones. You're on three? Jones. Okay. Chris three. Chris Jones and is three. And then I You had Tyreek at two, and you had McCaffrey one. And you had McCaffrey one. Yeah. Yeah. Tyreek at two, McCaffrey at one. It's pretty yeah. TJ Watt at two. Okay. Christian McCaffrey at one. TJ Watt is the only player ever to have back to back 20 sack seasons. Yep. Ever. Yep. And should have won defensive player of the year. And should have won defensive player of the year. He was the best defensive player what? in the NFL. He was better than Chris Jones. So he gets the notch okay. above Chris Jones. Yep. He's the best yep. defensive player. So I'm putting him number two and the highest on the defensive category. And offensive player. So if I'm what I'm saying is it's all relative. Christian McCaffrey was the best offensive player in the NFL. The second best offensive player in the NFL was Tyreek Hill. I just so happen to think that Chris Jones was better, relatively speaking, than Tyreek Hill. 
Yeah, right. we had the and same four. That's what I was saying. It's pretty easy to get, when we got down to the four. I thought it was pretty non-negotiable, except for the order. You could, of you McCaffrey, could convince Hill, me, Watt, you, and Jones. Yes, you could convince me that you could swap Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. You could, if I listened to you guys for five minutes, I could probably be convinced of swapping those two guys. Yeah. However, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, the the reason why I kind of flipped or, or or had Chris Jones over Tyreek one, Chris Jones won a Super Bowl this year, was very, very good in the yeah. Super Bowl. Probably the best player on he the was. field in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. on both mm-hmm. sides. And uh, Tyreek Hill, yes, had an awesome start to the season. Awesome. Fizzled out at mm-hmm. the end of the mm-hmm. He was on track. Or did his quarterback he was, fizzle out? He was on track to get 2,000 yards within, like, what, week eight? Week, week seven? Yes. Something, yeah. like, crazy. something crazy like that. And I don't even think he's top five in terms of, like, you know uh, – uh, yards in a season type thing or whatever. And he yeah. was on track to get 2,000, which was going to be the only time to ever only be done or something. Ever, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like setting a all-time record like Deron Blair. Yeah. Right, okay. right. Something along the lines of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was fun, boys. That was so fun. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Okay. All right. Anybody Anybody got, got any uh, other thoughts? Um. Everybody uh... – Jake's list is the correct one. As he said, listen to his as the gospel. Yep. That's the true yep. 10 best players. He doesn't take into account, though, any record-setting seasons or doesn't anything. Doesn't make you a top-10 you know, player. Doesn't, doesn't make you a top-10 top player. Top Understood. Player. All right, let's cliff that and remember that, guys. Oh, season. yeah, and and what's his name? It's going to be uh, in the top uh, – Panay Sewell in the top 25 uh, players to come out in uh, yes. 2024. Jake, I'm willing yes. to bet you well, let's right bet. Let, Let's make a bet right now. Okay, we're doing this Plus 10,000. What what's the bet? What's the bet, Cuff? Um, I'll bet you, I'll bet you a hundred dollars that he's not top twenty-five. Let's make it two hundred. Ah, I can't, I can't, I can't afford the one hundred. I'm so confident. <laughs> I tell you what, Cuff, I'll buy, I'll buy two two diaper boxes for your son. Same here. Agreed. I'll buy Boom. two. Okay. I'll buy two boxes of diapers. We got a boy diaper bed, if, boys. Yep. Yep. We got a diaper agree. bed. There we Good go. old fashioned diaper <laughs> bed. <laughs> All right. Uh, We're getting old. Yeah. Like I said, tune in next week. Um, we'll have Matt on the show, and uh, next week we'll be doing draft re- or uh, uh, combine recap and draft look ahead type stuff. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Caleb Williams is going to be a Washington Commander. <laughs>